Hello, I'm Gargi, host of Text to Task Simplifying Education. My belief is that every day we have the opportunity to be inspired, to grow, bring joy, serve, and be role models. Thank you for joining me today. Please share the show for daily updates and inspiration. Follow me on Instagram at millennial underscore teaching learning. Language plays an integral role in shaping our perceptions of the world and how we interact with it. We must understand how language impacts our perceptions of sustainability, our relationship with the environment and how we interact with each other. Today, we will explore why lingua franca English is essential for understanding the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals and their applications. I'd like to welcome Joshua Jadoy, a researcher from Japan who is working to build a fresh approach to teaching about sustainable development. He is currently a lecturer at Konan University in Japan and a recipient of a PhD from Kyoto University's Graduate School of Global Environmental Studies, focusing on education for sustainable development. Josh's current interests revolve around environmental education, education for sustainable development, and English as a foreign language. He's currently writing a book about language education for sustainable development, which is a new field of study he is developing. Thank you for joining me today. My first question to you is, what influenced your decision to pursue a career in teaching and education? Okay, wonderful question. Um, first off, thank you very much for having me. I'm, uh, it's a real honor to be here with you, Gargi. What, education was one of those interesting things where, to be honest, I sort of stumbled into it. Um, I originally had finished a philosophy degree in my undergrad in Canada and came out with a huge amount of debt and didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I did a little bit of traveling with some friends and ended up in South Korea uh, as a language teacher using my degree. And at first I didn't know what I was doing, but I learned very quickly that I was a pretty good teacher and that there was something here. There was something that was exciting to me. And there was a sort of a passion that I didn't really know about. Of course, I, I believe that we're all natural teachers to a certain extent, but I, I definitely have learned that there are very, very good teachers and not so good teachers. And I, I think I had the proclivities to sort of fit into one of those categories. And so for me, it was uh, developing my own skills, learning more about it, and then of course, pursuing that into a master's and into some of the other teaching practices that I've been involved in. Wow. So my next question is, can you describe how a typical day looks like for you in school, be it online or in person? Um, so I call Japan home now, and I work in a university system here. Uh, these days, um, we are now, we've moved away from being online. So we were online for about a year and a half during the pandemic. Uh, so now we are totally in person. So um, they have what they call a coma here, which is about a 90-minute lesson. Typically, I'll teach uh, two or three of those each day. So I show up to work early, do a little bit of prep. Um, typically, on the weekends, I'll, I'll prepare a bunch of my lessons. And then I go in and, and do my 90-minute lessons uh, with my students, which, is, which has been wonderful. 
Do you, do you want to learn know more about what kind of things I'm teaching as well? Yes. 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 Uh, so the, the school that I'm teaching at currently is Conan University, and uh, I work within a language program. So uh, we teach, for example, uh, I look after one of the, uh, I sort of manage one of the programs, the major programs that we teach. Uh, it's a twice a week program. It's called Global Challenges. And we're teaching the students sort of the reading, listening, speaking, uh, writing skills. So the language proficiency skills by using the sustainable development goals as content. And so the students um, are learning about the sustainable development goals through reading and writing. Uh, and then there's lots of listening and speaking that they do for homework, conversation, discussions. And so that's one of the courses that I teach. Um, I'm also teaching a project at the school uh, to give you a bit of a flavor for a different course that I'm teaching. And a project is a much bigger kind of class. Um, I teach an environmental ethics class. So this is teaching of course, it's a language class. These students are not proficient. They're Japanese speakers that are learning as a second language. So I'm teaching them sort of scaffolded philosophy. So what is right and wrong? How do we treat the world around us, right? What are the good things to do in the world, right? So, and what are the bad things? And then we talk about cultures. So of course, I'm a Canadian and I teach them about what I learned growing up. They are Japanese. They teach me about what they learned growing up. And we try to talk about where is things that are right and wrong within that class. And of course, the students, they, they do a presentation and they also do a research project where they go and look at, you know, we, we flush the toilet. We don't know where it goes these days, right? My adult students, even me, <laughs> to a certain extent, I flush it in Japan. I don't know where it goes. So learning deeply, right? Asking a question like that and then going and investigating and looking at how those cycles work, right? How those institutions and systems in our society work and whether or not those are good things to support and to be a part of. And so, uh, yeah, so the, the, between those sort of two kinds of classes, language classes, and then more sort of content or CLIL kind of classes, content language integrated learning classes, learning. That, that's sort of where I bounce between. Okay, great to hear that and so much you're doing. Um, my next question is, Related to your research, could you briefly describe LESD and your work on the scene? Okay, well, thank you very much for bringing up LESD. It's something that I'm, I'm very, very excited about and spending a lot of time thinking about these days. So LESD is, is bringing um, education for sustainable development. Uh, and if some of your listeners don't know about that, this is something that was developed from the United Nations it's been around for about 30 or 40 years. And the idea is that it's empowering learners to make informed decisions and responsible actions for environmental integrity, economic viability, and a just society. So the idea is we're, we're trying to promote students to take good decisions in their life, right? To help their country, to help their continent, to help their communities, to help the planet. Now, Language education for sustainable development is trying to look at one of the things I, I realized early in my career is it's great to understand environmental issues that are out there, things like climate change, for example, but we also need to be able to communicate clearly about it. And it doesn't have to be, you know, we, we English, of course, we're talking in English. English is the lingua franca. There's lots of reasons why you want to learn English, but I think that LESD can be used for any language. 
And the idea is we really want to be able to share our understandings about the world um, from a cultural perspective. So me as a Canadian, I want to be able to share that with my Japanese friends and colleagues. English is a good template to do that. Possibly for you in India, you want to be able to share your cultural understandings about the environment or issues happening in your country and be able to share that with people. And I understand that you spend time in the United States. So you're constantly going between two different worlds and sharing experiences and ideas about um, the way that the world works. And so that's really what language education for sustainable development is. It's combining those two things, the, the language proficiency, being able to talk about those things, and then also having a deeper understanding of that content. Um, and that's where the sustainable development goals, I think are really good content for that kind of thing. Did, did that make sense? Is that clear? Yes, 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 yes. It's uh, clear. You have made it very easy for me to understand. Excellent. Okay, um, good. In what ways can inclusive and accessible language be used to promote sustainable development? Oof, that, that is a very good question and uh, a bit of a difficult one. So language itself, um, this is something that, that I think we forget often as humans, but this is the way that we communicate with everyone in our lives, right? Um, it doesn't matter what language you are, but you communicate with your parents, you communicate with your grandparents, your friends. And now we have things like Zoom, we have you know, uh, international travel, and we can go and visit other cultures and be able to communicate and to um, share our ideas and our cultural understandings. So language itself is a very, very powerful tool. Now, uh, <laughs> there is a lot of problems, you know, we, English is a great language to learn, right? It is the language of politics, it's language of science these days, language of commerce, it's a language of a lot of different things. However, you know, there are many languages that we can learn and we can interface with people around the world, right? So learning any language that's not your mother tongue, I think is a powerful way to be able to access different ideas and cultures. Of course, um, languages, lang uh, English is a useful one because that's where most people are writing these days, especially in academia or online lessons, things like that. It's a really good way to be able to easily go to conferences around the world, visit with other people, interact with people from around the world because English ends up being that sort of common language. So having that, having access to that, we can learn from other people, other cultures, see what they're doing, and hopefully bring back lessons to our own cultures, our own places where we live. I don't know if I did a very good job. That was a bit of a long answer, but. No, no, it's absolutely. We are clear. We are, we are getting a clear idea about LESD now. Okay. Uh, what is the role in, of English in overcoming linguistic and cultural barriers in sustainable development? Okay. So uh, sustainable development um, as a concept is something that was started by the United Nations. Um, now, the United Nations is an incredibly powerful organization. English is one of their main languages that they use. I think there's French and there's a couple other languages that, that are their main languages. But, but English is a great language for being able to access a lot of the materials that um, the UN is producing and publishing. It's a great 
language to be able to access a lot of the information that's out there about um, inclusivity, about gender equality, about the sustainable development goals, for example. And so English can be um, a very, very useful language to be able to interface with some of those bigger organizations that are in the world, right? And again, um, English ends up being the lingua franca for better or for worse. We don't have to, that's another conversation about the worst part, but it is a way to interface with the business world, with the commerce world, with the United Nations world, with the world of academia um, and education in a lot of ways. So it, it can be a real leveler in terms of making your way in the world, I think. Um, yeah, I think my last. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. It's absolutely clear. You're making it very easy for us to understand. And we are also learning, uh, being myself an English teacher, and because the podcast is in English. So I think it's making a lot of sense, like how we can use this sustainable development in our, this all these UN SDGs in the classroom and how we can go forward with it. My mm. last question to you is, what are the best ways for teachers to apply ESD in order to create equity and student interest in sustainable development? Okay, big question. <laughs> um, this is going to be a long answer. Yes, please go ahead. Please. Okay, so the, the best way. So um, education for sustainable development. Uh, let, let, let's talk about the sustainable development goals for a quick moment. The, the sustainable development goals are a, basically they are a basic template of the world's most important issues at this moment in time. And the sustainable development goals, what a lot of people don't understand is that they started in 2015 and they will end in 2030. So we, we have goals. And those goals, we were eight years away, or, or sorry, seven years away. It's 2023 now, right? So we need to sort of get those goals. And what's, what's great about these goals too is there's gonna be another set of goals that are going to appear in 2030. Now, take something like gender equality. Gender equality is something that is interdisciplinary and it flows and goes in between all of those different goals, right? Um, gender equality is related to things like climate change, which surprises a lot of people, but there's a lot of really amazing research about how it is. Gender equality is related to community development, right? And infrastructure. Having students, teachers, educators, be able to understand those goals, be able to make links between the different goals that are out there and show the students that they can be empowered with that understanding and help shape and form their communities, right? Um, gender equality is something I live in Japan. And that is one of the biggest challenges. If you look at politicians or, or politics in Japan, it is a very male dominated society, right? And this is one of those things where it's sensitive issue. I have to be very, very careful about it in the classroom, but we can use other cultures, right? Other countries examples and look at how they have policies that have built in equality or made equality gender equality in particular, better for those countries. Now, my Japanese students can learn from that and they are going to be voters in the future. They are going to be you know, empowered with not just a vote, but how they spend their money in that society. 
And these are the types of things that are really going to shape the society going forward. So this idea of, you know, you, you, you talked about equity, right? Being empowered with these understandings and ideas really can shape the equity for a country, right? If enough people are motivated to do something about it. And so again, that is why I think as educators, we really need to take on these ideas as best we can and use them in the classroom in more meaningful ways. The last part of your question was about student access, sorry? Was it student students access? interest in sustainable development to sustain right. that student's interest in sustainable development. It should yes. not be a one-off case. Exactly. Like one-off activity. Yeah, we, we had a, a small discussion about this just before. Um, very, very often as teachers, we sort of feel like we have a checklist, right? Okay, so we've, we've gone out and we've picked up some garbage in the school uh, auditorium or around our school, check, right? We've done our sustainable development for the day. But what we need to do is, is we need to connect that to a broader issue, right? Why is that garbage being thrown out there, right? What are the values and beliefs and norms around that garbage being put in that place to, to really start to understand what that is? And once you, you know, students, we always forget that um, if you go tell a student, go clean up the outside of the school, that's kind of boring for the student, right? It's not very engaging. It's a task they have to do. It's like washing the dishes right? It's not that much fun. But if you can connect it and say, well, why is there garbage out there, right? Start asking those deeper questions, right? What is, why are people throwing garbage into our school yard? Or why are our students throwing that garbage on the ground? And that suddenly starts a really interesting conversation. Students suddenly become interested, right? Why would I do that? What are my values around that? What are my beliefs? What did I learn from my family, from my culture, from my understanding? And that is really where you can engage students, right? You can meet them on their level and really get them excited about it. Um, one, of, one of the projects that I do at Conan University, I mentioned environmental ethics, but it, it get, one of my students recently, for example, they were really interested in microplastics. So there's this big problem with plastics in our oceans these days. They're starting to find that, that plastics are being found in drinking water, right? And it's actually being found in people's blood so the, the students really got quite concerned. Why, why is this happening? How is this happening? And what the students ended up discovering as going through this journey, right? And actually exploring this issue in a deeper way is they ended up discovering that, okay, well, they learned a lot about chemistry, right? There's some plastics that aren't harmful, some that are. They learned about Japanese society and the different policies and laws that are in place around that, right? What kinds of plastics are banned in Japan? Why are they banned? right, which, which plastics are okay to use. And Japan has a huge plastic problem in general. Everything is, when you go to the supermarket, it's wrapped in a bag and wrapped in a plastic and wrapped in another piece of plastic. It's very, very strange. And they really started questioning these things, right? So again, the students were very motivated to learn about this as it was a question that started challenging their own values and beliefs. They're, they started questioning their cultural understandings, their societal understandings and then looking at the laws and policy. And going forward, these students now will be amazing human beings in the future, right? They are going to put their money into these things. They're going to vote in ways that are going to change the shape of Japan's future. At least I hope that's what they'll do. But this is the kind of thing that sustainable development can really unlock. And it's up to us educators to really find those buttons and push them as much as we can, right? Values, beliefs, norms around issues are really the keys. 
instead of just that checklist approach. Thank you, Josh. I'm grateful to hear about your work and I hope the listeners will be able to use your ideas in their classroom and take forward these UN SDGs and maybe we will be able to reach that goal in 2030. Excellent. Well, I'm. Uh, my fingers are crossed. As the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals become more widely recognized and incorporated into curriculums, students may become more aware of the challenges facing our planet and the importance of sustainable development. By participating in United Nations Sustainable Development Goals related activities and initiatives, educating children and promoting their welfare are always important.